Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just Dow It, the podcast for people starting DAOs. I'm Adam Miller, and I'm your host. I'm the CEO of MyDAO, which provides legal entity solutions for DAOs. And before starting MyDAO, I did consulting for people starting and operating DAOs. And I'm excited to share some of what I've learned and what our guests have learned with the audience. So um, a little bit of an update for everyone. We are going to be changing the format of the podcast. From now on, there will be two episodes a week. There will be the news report early in the week and then the interview later in the week. Uh, we actually record it all together. So uh, DeFi Beats, you don't have to do anything special. Um, but uh, if we make any funny mistakes with the way we cut the episode or with the way we do intros and outros and segues, hopefully everyone will forgive us this first time. All right, so let's start with a, a brief intro from DeFi Beats. Uh, DeFi Beats, would you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and especially what makes you an authority on DAOs? Hey, yeah, I don't know about an authority, but I can definitely tell you why I have opinions. So um, I have a master's degree in organizational psychology from NYU. I've always really been interested in the business side of psychology, which most people are surprised um, is such a big part of it. But uh, worked in marketing for a bit and really hated it. So always wanted to kind of start my own thing. So about five years ago, I started a political consulting firm here in New York City, where I've been getting a lot of experience, for better or for worse, on uh, IRL governance, or the lack thereof, depending on how you see things. Um, about a year ago, I got bit really hard by the Web3 bug, and I told my business partner, uh, you you keep running this business, so, you know, I still want to I still want to be involved, but uh, I need to figure out what this Web3 thing is because I think there's something here. So I uh, basically consumed Web3 content for like 16 hours a day. Uh, after like I would get like six hours of sleep, and then my body would just like wake me up and be like, "No, get back on your computer. <laughs> You're not caught up yet." Um, <laughs> and so I, yeah, uh, luckily that slowed down a bit. I've I've come to peace with the idea that I will never catch up. I was uh, I saw Constitution now, really loved what they were doing. Uh, loved that I can donate point zero five ETH and be a part of buying the Constitution. Watched my first Sotheby's auction. Uh, didn't know who to root for, but but loved it. Um, after that, you know, I was really learning about the differences in the in the currencies and the smart contracts and how smart contracts will like change things. And then all of a sudden, with the Constitution DAO, I was like, oh, DAOs, DAOs is where it's at. Um, so from there. I uh, started exploring a bunch of different DAOs, um, had some false starts, but uh, recently have been consulting in the DAO space with Bankless Consulting. I also uh, consult through Crypto Oracle Collective, which I know you had on the show just recently, and um, also am the treasurer for GM DAO, which is a uh, an incubator art collective. Um, so I'm a man of many DAOs. That's awesome. Well, really excited to have you on the show and for you to get to share your experience with everyone um, working in a number of DAOs. That's, that's fantastic. Um, all right. So the first uh, segment of the show or this week, the first uh, episode of the week is the Just Dow It News Report, where we go through recent DAO news. I will share the headlines. I'll share my reaction and take on the story. And then we'll ask you, DeFi Beat, to share your reaction as well. Do you agree or disagree with me or with the story? Um, try to uh, make things a little bit interesting aside from just reading the headlines. The first story of the week is a tweet from the LexPunk Army. 
And the LexPunk Army, let's see, I'll read you what their profile says. Oh, well, official Twitter of the LexPunk Army. The LexPunk Army is a <laughs> bunch of uh, crypto lawyers uh, who are advocating for uh, you know what's right in, in the crypto space, especially the DAO space. Uh, I believe it's a DAO itself, and I think it's connected to LexDAO, but not the same as LexDAO. So the LexPunk Army, here's their tweet. Today, LexPunk Army filed a motion in U.S. federal court asking for leave to file an amicus brief weighing in against the service of process tactics the CFTC is using against UkiDAO in claiming that BZX protocol violates the Commodities Exchange Act. Okay, so uh, this is a follow-up to something we've talked about the last couple of weeks, which is the case of the CFTC or the U.S. Uh, Commodities and Futures Trading Commission uh, going after a DAO that provided, let's just say, uh, certain crypto uh, products, but really they were highly leveraged derivatives on other crypto tokens. So I think that's why CFTC is going after them, right? This is not an SEC case where they're saying, oh, your governance tokens are securities. This is just a case of them saying, hey, you were clearly selling uh, you know, derivatives on that look like securities to people. We think you weren't following our rules. And so we're coming after you. And uh, what's interesting about this is the way they went after the DAO and its members. So anyone who had voted on any proposal in the Uki DAO or BZX uh, DAO uh, is part of the suit. And the CFTC served them by going into their web forum and telling them, you've been served, we're coming after you, you're being sued. And so this has led to a good amount of controversy and uh, conversation in the DAO space about, you know, first of all, uh, legal entities like you know, what MyDAO provides, um, and whether that would protect uh, the founders or the members, which it, it almost certainly would to some degree. But also, is it, either way, is it really fair for this regulator to go after anyone who ever voted on the project um, and say that they should be held liable for the DAO's actions? Um, what's cool about this is the LexPunk Army is coming out and saying, uh, we want to uh, uh, join you in this uh, suit and try to help uh, protect you. So uh, DeFi Beats, anything to weigh in on this one? Yeah, I would say that whether or not they should go after the voters is such a symptom of the fact that everything is so opaque and we're in such gray territory that I wouldn't be surprised if somebody gets sued for uh, just using the word DAO in a tweet one day. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. And it's ridiculous only because there's no guidance and there's no understanding of like what is and isn't allowed. I will say, though, that the, this conversation of incorporating is something that has been happening in all the DAOs that I'm in from months ago, right? It's like the writing was on the wall. We know it's the wild, wild west. And so it's like the least you can do, however you choose to do it, is to incorporate. Incorporate in some way, get something, some legal structure in place, just as a way to just cover your butt. The next headline of the week, which is from Forbes, is always exciting when we see um, prominent you know, uh, traditional media companies talking about DAOs. This headline is... DAOs continue growing in prominence, what investors need to know. Uh, it does mention this uh, court case with Uki DAO, but it also talks about some cool examples of DAOs that have happened recently, like Constitution DAO and City DAO, and talks about the issues of smart contracts and how uh, the software, the smart contracts and otherwise that underlie DAOs are still, um, you know, still have uh, 
uh, work to do, but uh, making progress and making the concept of code is law a little bit more true, um, where you can use code to replace things like bylaws that you traditionally use in a company. Now with DAOs, you can just use smart contracts. Um, so really exciting to see Forbes talking about DAOs. And um, this article uh, tries to educate people who might be uh, looking for investment opportunities, perhaps investing in DAOs or their governance tokens. Um, so definitely go check that out. The headline of like what investors need to know definitely rubbed me the wrong way. I might be like a mm. big hippie in the space, but you know, I think I'm only use this word once, but you know, I, I think a lot about skeuomorphism. I know a lot of us do. Uh, things don't always have to look like the way we're used to them looking. And so when I see these headlines that are made for um, mainstream, obviously we want to bring people in. So we have to use mainstream language, but just as a whole, as a, as a community, I definitely get a little jarred when I see something like, what investors need to know? Because it's it's only further perpetuating this like, DAOs are just LLCs, but on the blockchain. Or DAOs are just LLCs, but they're on Discord. And it's like, that's that's not it. I mean, it can be it. But like DAOs have such a rich ability to become something that hasn't existed before. Uh, and I think that's the magic of DAOs, right? It's like, yes. You can invest in them. Yes, you can create a company that is more agile. But like, what's more exciting is that we can create something that hasn't existed before because we haven't had the tools. And so, like, that's what I want the news story to be. I know it's not going to be for a long time, but as a community, like, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about creating a company or or a structure that like literally has never existed before. Yeah, good points. It's kind of like how in the traditional crypto world, a lot of the time people just get interested in trying to find a quick buck, like what token can I buy and when token versus looking at the true potential of blockchain and cryptocurrencies and everything you can do with the technology. And so here's uh, Forbes basically saying, hey, here's a way you can make money as opposed to here's something everyone needs to know about because it changes the way we organize people and resources. And pretty soon everyone is going to have DAOs in their lives. I think that would probably be a headline that would get you more excited. Right. We're seeing everything about AI. AI is going to change work forever. AI is going to come in for your jobs. But then what the, what we're hearing about DAOs is like, DAOs are a great way mm. to work in from home. <laughs> and I think that there's <laughs> a lot of education that we can do. All right. On to the next headline. This one is from Decrypt, which is at decrypt.co. The headline is Moonbird's DAO to launch with $2.6 million in Ethereum and NFTs from Kevin Rose's proof. The Moonbird's DAO will let members vote on proposals that expand the growing ecosystem around the popular Ethereum NFT project. So if uh, anyone hasn't heard of Moonbirds, it's a uh, NFT project. So like many other PFP or profile pick like projects, a bunch of uh, little pieces of art that you can collect and use as your profile pictures. It's become quite popular. And now um, Proof, which is a collective that uh, created the project, is launching a DAO um, in early 2023. Uh, to further manage the project and manage the treasury and uh, bring together the community of people interested in the moon birds. This is a fun story because moon birds are somewhat popular. And I think this is one of the early use cases for DAOs is it's kind of straightforward. It's like, okay, if we have 10,000 people plus or minus who all hold the same NFT, then let's just create an organization where holding the NFT makes you a member of that organization and gives you voting rights. And you know, it's very easy for us to implement a smart contract that we can all use to coordinate and do things together. Um, so it's a, a cool example of a DAO. 
This reminds me of a tweet I saw, and I'm sorry that I can't remember who actually tweeted this, but they were saying that DAOs are allowing us to do what Web2 promised to do when they created all of these venture arms and all of these um, like skunk works, right? Like this is skunk works. We're having two point million something million dollars put into a pot, and then the community gets to vote on what we build with it. Like this is where the really cool stuff is going to come from, and this is a Maybe not a drop in the bucket, but it's definitely not a huge amount of money for such a successful project. And I love to see that that they're using some of that money to kind of incubate cool ideas. But then the cool thing about DAOs is now the community gets to vote on what we think is valuable versus what the the C-suite thinks is valuable. Yeah, totally. It's I think it's a good example of, you know, with companies, you always start with uh, the project, right? There's some goal you're trying to achieve. There's some money-making opportunity that you're going after, or maybe it's a nonprofit, and you start with a small team, that project in mind, and then you go from there. But with DAOs, there's this opportunity to kind of flip the model on its head and start with all of the people who are involved and not start necessarily with the project or the mission or the goal. And so here's an example where you'll have 5,000 or 10,000 or however many people who are part of something that's kind of like a company. It's the Web3 version of a company and they have funding, they have a ton of people involved. And now let's go figure out what the coolest thing to do is. And I think that's just a model that we didn't really see. I mean, the closest thing to it is maybe like cities or or, or associations of like, a community that comes together and builds an association because you share that piece of land in common. And so it's like, okay, it makes sense. Let's get together. Let's pool our money and let's go figure out what to do with it. But this type of situation that we're seeing with Moonbirds now and many others uh, in Web3 is, is totally new. All right. Next headline is from uh, Bitcoin.com. And the headline is, despite the crypto market downturn, Dow treasuries grew by $700 million since January. Since January 2022, the entire crypto economy has shed $1.36 trillion in value as the market cap of crypto dropped from $2.34 to $979 billion. Um, And even though we've seen that massive decline, the amount of money that's held in Dow treasuries that are tracked on chain by DeepDow.io has actually grown by 7.6%. So that's awesome. I mean, this is just great news uh, for people involved in the Dow world. I also happen to know that most DAOs are not even listed on DeepDow.io, especially (laughs) startup projects and uh, smaller communities where maybe they're not doing anything on chain yet. And so DeepDAO can't get at, you know, whatever treasury they have, right? Maybe they have a bank account. Maybe it's right now they just haven't even pulled their money together yet, but they're working on something. Um, but even just the, the DAOs that are tracked by DeepDAO, that, um, that they have access to that data, the amount of money held by DAOs is growing. And I think actually what's especially cool about that is all these DAOs also lost a ton of money in their treasuries because of the market downturn. So I'd say my estimate would probably be that DAOs treasuries are down 50%. Um, since the beginning of the year, and yet the total value in DAOs actually went up. That means either there's twice as many DAOs with as much money in their treasury, or people putting money into the DAOs that already exist, or the DAOs are making money through their projects. So really exciting news about the growth of uh, DAOs, even in this bear market. Um, Anything to add? Yeah, whether this is because uh, people are putting money in, or whether this is uh, tokenomics working, it just shows that like a ton of value is being created. Like value is flowing away from just like trading left and right and into these like pockets of organized uh, people. 
and that's great because it, it just it means that the, it means that value is being created and also being put to work. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And the article notes that since the first DAO was created in 2016, DAO treasuries have increased 6,025% in USD value. So that's 60x, um, which is cool. And if you go back one more year, there were no DAOs. And so we've gone really infinite percent uh, from 2015 to now. Even more exciting. All right. Next article is from Coindesk. And the headline is, Digital Asset Manager Safe to Offer Governance Token for SafeDAO. The multi-billion dollar digital asset management platform aims to decentralize its growth and governance through safe and safe DAO. What this article is talking about is what most people probably know as Gnosis Safe. And Gnosis was always a hard word to spell and pronounce. And so perhaps that's why they've decided to drop the word and uh, going forward refer to the project just as safe. Um, and so a SAFE is, is a, a multi-sig. It's a, a smart contract and related uh, Web3 interface that lets a group of people come together and manage a, a treasury together. So you could have three people uh, managing a treasury where every action requires two out of the three people to approve the action. Or you could do a five out of nine, or you can do whatever you want. And I think uh, on one hand, uh, it is very cool to note that something like $40 billion uh, is managed by these smart contracts. At the same time, I would actually be hesitant to use the language that Coindesk used, which is to call this a digital asset management platform. Uh, yeah, sure, there, all that money is technically being managed in a sense by these smart contracts, but usually these smart contracts, usually when we talk about asset management, we're talking about like in, investment funds that are taking your money and reinvesting it in other assets. So I would not call this like assets under management, but still the fact that $40 billion is sitting in basically uh, this one smart contract that's been upgraded over the years, um, or, or maybe more accurately, uh, you know, lots of copies of the same smart contract is very cool. And what they're doing is they're launching a DAO. So uh, going forward, uh, the company behind SAFE will no longer control the SAFE uh, platform. Um, instead, SAFE will be controlled by the SAFE DAO. And there was a, a token drop. So anyone who has used a Gnosis SAFE uh, as of several months ago and had, I think, a certain amount of money in it um, can go ahead uh, to the Gnosis uh, SAFE, uh, to the SAFE interface and claim those governance tokens and take part in governance. So really exciting that one of the most successful uh, crypto projects uh, is turning into a DAO. And I think those of us in Web3 know that virtually every crypto project is, is if they're not already a DAO, is planning on turning into a DAO because of, of just the belief that projects will be more successful and impactful if ownership and governance is spread amongst the whole community rather than held in the hands of a few. Um, but awesome to see that uh, one of the leading products is going ahead and, and DAOifying. I, I actually have a lot to say about this one. First and foremost, I've been calling it Gnosis my entire year in Web3, so I've probably been saying it wrong. And maybe we're all saying it wrong. Maybe it's... Maybe it's yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I thought the G was silent. Uh, I like this. What I actually want to ask you what your take. Well, I think... I think this is, okay, so one of the interesting things here, one lens of looking through it is that like, sure, any project can be more successful as a DAO than as a traditional company or open source project, because it gives you so much more flexibility in ownership and governance and um, organizational structure. And that doesn't mean you have to go fully decentralized, right? Not every day from a, from a social and like organizational perspective. 
there are DAOs that have hierarchy. That are there are DAOs that have some centralized group, a core team, or a leadership team, or a management team, and that's okay. I think we should be exploring the full range of options. And what's cool about DAOs is that you can do anything you want. You can be more like a traditional company, or you can be this totally novel way of organizing a project. So that's one way of looking at it. But the other is like one of the original use cases for DAOs, and one of the things that makes DAOs so powerful is that because their governance takes place on chain, you can control software from the DAO. So from the project's governance, let's say there are 5 million members who hold varying degrees of tokens. Let's say this is Facebook. Let's say Facebook one day lives on the blockchain and 5 million people hold like Facebook governance tokens. To make a change to Facebook, if you're going to change the newsfeed or the filtering algorithm or uh, the uh, abuse policy, all these privacy, all these things we care a lot about, you would have to have all those people vote and approve the change for that change to happen. And so you can actually give control over a piece of software, not just to like 20 open source core developers, not just to the, I don't know, 50,000 person company or whatever is Facebook. You can actually directly give control over software to all of the people who use it, everyone involved in the community, the people who make it, the people who invested in it, everyone gets a say, and that's enforced on chain. It is impossible to break that, that link between the governance process and the software. And so that's the other cool thing that's happening here that is pretty common in Web3 is you're giving a huge group of people in a decentralized and trustless manner control over a piece of software. And as a result, you can trust that no central entity is going to defraud you somehow through the software. You can trust that... Uh, any changes to it will be changes that, broadly speaking, everyone you know approves or is is fine with. Um, now, at the same time, there's probably downsides. Like, well, what if you find a bug and now you need five million people to you know approve a bug fix? And maybe before you know the, it's fixed, someone takes advantage and hacks the protocol. It's a whole separate conversation. But to me, that's the other thing that's really exciting here. I, I agree with everything you said, and I kind of have a little bit of an analogy that I think drives it home. So, like. Uh, being a man of many DAOs, I have used Gnosis a lot. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Gnosis. Uh, my like, Gnosis is the only protocol that I would trust with millions of dollars. It has a really good Lindy effect. Mm -hmm. I think everyone agrees that, like, uh, I think the other day I was working on a project and someone mentioned a different multisig, and I was like, no, we're using Gnosis. Why would we? <laughs> yeah. We're Gnosis. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like, why would we use anything? <laughs> well, now it's safe. The thing. <laughs> Yeah, safe. Thank you. No more Thank noses. Uh, <laughs> yes. Thank you, branding team. So we're using safe. Safe is safe. Um, and so we can trust it. It is a bit of a pain in the ass to use. And it reminds me of the airlines, right? Like I'm a Delta guy. I fly Delta. I trust them to take me 35,000 feet in the air and return me back on ground safely. Um, I do not trust them with my bags. And I get really upset when they <laughs> uh, when there's delays for no reasons. And in a way... Both of these, you know, the airlines and something like like safe, these are public goods, right? We need these and we need these to work well or else like like a DAO cannot function without a multi-sig. Um, but what happened? You know, the airlines IPO and they're owned by like the JP Morgans of the world. And that's why we're like sardines in a can. And that's why, um, you know, I saw like a, I think it was a joke, but I saw something in the day where it's like uh, the next version of economy is going to be seats that are like half standing, half sitting. And it's like, who thought that was humane? You know, but like we can all imagine it, right? We can imagine the airlines doing that because they maximize for profit because they're owned primarily by entities who need the number to go up. 
Now in Web3, the beauty of it is that you can do a, instead of doing an IPO, you can send out a token and the people who own your product uh, in theory, as long as we all kind of cooperate, the people who own your token, who own your ownership structure are the users. And so like we, if this were an airline, if, if the airlines existed in Web3 and handed out tokens instead of stocks, um, I promise you that we wouldn't all be sardines in the back and coughing all over each other. So I, I'm really excited. This, this is a really good experiment. I think we have to remember that we're in the experimentation phase of Web3. And so I'm really excited to see what, what yeah. happens with this token. I want to challenge the airline analogy a little bit because I'm a, I'm a very it. much a, a free market capitalist and I'm not saying you're not, but one of the things that I believe in is the market. And I think that people, like, people love to complain about the airlines and so do I. But if you look at people's decisions as consumers of, of airlines product, they always choose the cheapest option, right? People don't have to choose to sit in the back of the plane. They don't have to choose not to be allowed a bag or not to get any food on the plane. Um, the airlines have just created this wide ranging set of options from first class down to like, right, like you said, basically sardines with maybe soon standing room, standing room only. If people go ahead and choose the sardines with standing room only, isn't that just people making their own life decision that they'd rather save money and, and be sardines? And, you know, I think that DAOs have to play in that same environment. Like if a DAO, you know, comes onto the market and offers like a really fancy airplane, their costs are going to be really high and no one's going to be able to afford the tickets. Um, and, you know, it, it also makes me wonder, like, you know, like DAOs, are users going to shoot themselves in the foot by doing things like that? Like, are we, if we give people all the power over Facebook, are they going to just like vote with the whims of the moment that like, well, maybe today everyone really feels like free speech is most important. So we just do free speech. And now, you know, Facebook is filled with like hate speech and fraud and all this stuff. Or maybe we go too far the other direction. I mean, I'm also a believer in democracy. So I also like the Dow route and I like giving people choice, whether they make good decisions or not. But I don't know. Does any of that resonate with you? Yeah, you, you bring up a great point. I mean, I'm obviously, I, I feel like you can't be in the space unless you believe in free markets. Um, and on the flip side of that, though, it's like the whole field of tokenomics is about creating incentive structures so that people uh, do what you want them to do and not do what they want to do. You know, so I think I think what you're saying is mostly right. Like those are just forces that cannot be disputed. But I will say that like, at the end of the day, like the absolute end of the day, if I had to choose which airline I think was going to um, be the one more comfortable to ride on, it's going to be the one where the owners are spread out amongst a bunch of flyers, like frequent flyers, versus spread out amongst a centralized uh, small group of people who want to uh, turn a profit. And so like an airline can still turn a profit. And like, if you take one seat off of each plane, I mean, I don't know anything about plane economics, but like in this analogy, right, you could take one seat off of each section of a plane and increase the the one row and you, you increase the leg space by like three inches, which to someone like you or me, is like three inches is a ton. But for you know, on aggregate, multiplied by all the flights all day for the year, that could be billions of dollars but billions of dollars that necessarily would have just gone to the price, the, the stock price going up versus the, what it's worth to the millions of riders who get an extra three inches. It's like, it's like, who are we serving? So I would just, I think either way we'll, you'll get those market dynamics, but I would rather, I would rather serve a million true fans 
than like three uh, JP Morgan executives. Yeah. And I mean, it reminds me too of like one of the cool things about what's happening with DAOs today is people are taking the concept of cooperatives and, and, and scaling it out with DAOs, basically doing what I think what you're describing, which is, you know, I mean, DAO can have any purpose at once. Its purpose can be to generate as much profit as possible for all mm-hmm. the token holders, or its purpose can just be we're trying to provide ourselves with the best airline and we're not going to worry as much about profit, right? We're just going to worry about more like what everyone wants us, wants to worry about in terms of being, I guess, passengers and other stakeholders. Um, but it, it does seem like that's part of what's happening is DAOs. It's a new age of kind of nonprofits of sorts, cooperatives of sorts, where part of the reason for being is exactly just to cut out that centralized profit-making group and say, hey, we don't need that anymore because we found a way to organize ourselves and uh, work on projects at scale that doesn't require it. And so now maybe for the first time, it's actually possible for a large group of people to come together and build an airline together where previously the only way to do it was to be a billionaire, you know, maybe like Richard Branson and, and start your own airline. All right. Uh, turning to the last article of the week, uh, this is another tweet. It's from Bankless Publishing, and uh, I, everyone who listens to the show knows that I, I love Bankless. I'm I'm a contributor there, or I should say a member. I don't contribute much, um, but uh, big fan of Bankless. Bankless Publishing, all of the different Bankless media and projects, including Bankless Consulting, which you said you're part of. Um, anyways, this tweet is. DAOs are gaining traction as an alternative to the corporation by flipping corporate hierarchy on its head. DAOs versus corpse is the trial of the century. Here's what you need to know, a thread. Um, so uh, I'll just read maybe a couple of the, the tweets of the thread. One of them is, while corporations are a set of rules dictating how humans must behave, DAOs are a set of humans dictating how the rules must behave. Um, I'm just going to stop there, actually, and just I'm just going to challenge this right out of the gate because I think that people get a bit idealistic about what DAOs are sometimes. Now, admittedly, the next tweet they they write is the definition of DAO is a moving target, and I think that's an important thing to keep in mind because DAOs take all kinds of different shapes and sizes, and you can start a DAO that's you know maybe it's for people who love rules and love being process oriented, <laughs> and you still want everyone to share in the governance over those rules and that process and share in the rewards of the of whatever project is you know they're building and so I don't think DAOs necessarily need to not have process not have structure not have rules I just think DAOs have introduced a, a an ability to have different rules than we used to have or to have fewer rules than we used to have if you don't want to have any rules but that doesn't mean that every DAO is going to be just like this like hippie you know, super, no structure, no rules, you know, like, how are you going to build an airline with no rules? Um, so mm-hmm. uh, definitely encourage people to check out the tweet, but that's my first reaction. What, what do you think? I mean, I say this all the time. Structure is not the opposite of decentralization. Uh, a lot mm. of people, I think, get that conflated. Um, I would also say that, like, in my opinion, DAOs are a spectrum. Right, so like the three letters of DAO are very they they uh, the organization doesn't really sit on a spectrum. So the first two letters of DAO sit on a spectrum. You can be super decentralized. You can be eh, kind of decentralized. I also think that there are some DAOs that can be like very very low on the decentralization scale as long as they also as long as they're high on the automation scale. So I think that there's like this Punnett square or maybe these like X and Y axis where it's like as long as you're somewhat de- as long as you're one to ten decentralized and one to 10 autonomous, 
we have a hundred different permutations of what a DAO can be. And we need to stop arguing that it needs to be 10-10. You know, a lot of people are purists. Like it has to be 10 decentralization and 10 autonomous. I truly believe that there are 10 times 10, a hundred different permutations of what a DAO can be. And they're all valid. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I'll even throw a little more complexity on your model. I think that both the word decentralized and the word autonomous can apply either to the people and the structure or to the technology, right? Maybe all we're talking about is like, you're using decentralized technology to run your governance, but do whatever you want with your governance. Maybe we're using you know, automation in the governance, again, in the smart contract, but then again, do whatever you want with how the company actually operates from a people perspective. I would even say maybe organization is a spectrum, like communities, are communities necessarily organizations, but there's, you know, maybe not, but they're starting DAOs and maybe that makes them an organization at that point. But yeah, there's so much flexibility in, in applying that terminology. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to anybody, um, but I'm less interested in the debate of like, are DAOs really DAOs? And just more interested <laughs> in the conversation of like, what are people doing with DAOs? Because like, whether or not they're DAOs, it doesn't matter. We're doing things that we almost bought the constitution. Like, get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I love that. I, you know, because I, I love talking to people about what is a DAO really, but it really doesn't matter. Anyone who, you know, is building or creating something cool if they call themselves a DAO, I have no problem with them them being a DAO. So awesome. Okay, well, that was a really fun uh, Just DAO It news report. Thank you, DeFi Beats, for commenting on the news with me. Um, again, this is going to be the end of the first episode of the week. And so make sure to catch the interview with DeFi Beats uh, later in the week on the next episode. And uh, everyone can find me on Twitter at 0xThriller. You can find MyDAO at MyDAODS. That's M-I-D-A-O-D-S or at MyDAO.org. And for the audience, are you thinking about starting a DAO? Just DAO it. Just DAO it is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Just DAO it does not contain any legal or financial advice. My DAO also does not provide legal or financial advice, and nor does your host, yours truly. <laughs> <laughs>